Hello, everybody. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant. My name is Russ Froshtek. And welcome to the Resties, where the rest of the best discuss the best of the rest. This week, we're talking about Battle Bit Remastered, which is a massive multiplayer shooter inspired by Battlefield and Military Sims, but it looks like Roblox. And it's pretty damn incredible. But before we get to that, you you had something that you wanted to talk about. Well, Chris Plan, I know that you, um, in an effort to better yourself, decided that you would teach yourself how to play games without inverting your look. Yeah, and I did it. And you were very successful and you're very proud of yourself. And it's been slowly over time has been occurring to me that maybe I should do the same thing, but not for inverting my look. You're gonna I, you're you're going to switch it and now be invert? No, God no. Horrible. <laughs> I think I might need to learn how to tie my shoes the proper way. No. You know come on. You definitely know how to tie your shoes. Right? Like you haven't been using slip-ons since you were like a baby boy. That's true. I haven't, but I tie my shoes with bunny ears, and I've done that all my life. How else are you supposed to tie them? You know, the one loop and you wrap the the bunny goes around the tree a few times and then comes out the other end. How do you tie your shoes? You make like two little things and then you like fold two them in loops? a knot. Yeah, two loops and you fold them in a knot. So you do bunny loop. I didn't know this about you, and we've known each other for quite some I time. No, so you- I, I don't. Uh, maybe I don't even know. Think about it. Okay, you make a loop. Okay. You make a loop. Yeah. And then you pull it in and you make a circle and then you kind of pull it through. Okay. So that's the difference is when I'm tying my shoes, I make two loops and tie and them twist together. Them. So wow. Bunny ears. That's, that that's seems, called bunny ears. Honestly, that seems more difficult. This is how I learned how to do it because I don't know. When I was a kid, I just learned that way and it seemed effective. The problem with it is, uh-huh. and there have been jokes on the internet making fun of people who do this because they say, among other things, that the knot is not a very good knot. Yeah, which is unsurprising. M- Maybe true. But also, the the issue with bunny ears is you need a lot more real estate on the on the string on the I guess the yeah. There's going to be some shaggy some shaggy loops. Well, you just need more space, and it's been an issue when I'm like tying my son's pants, like his swimsuit has a tie on it. And, yeah. you know, it's a little two-year-old swimsuit, and I have to, like, tie the tie, oh. and there's not enough room. I didn't think you don't know how to tie any knots. I know how to tie bunny bunny ears knots. Yeah, you're not incompetent. Did you, did you not do, um like, like a Boy Scouts? No. <laughs> Jews I, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> I, 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 hey, you know what? The, the, uh, the first um, Jewish people I ever met yeah. was a Boy Scout troop when I was, like, seven or eight. What, uh, what an exclusively Jewish boy scout group? Yeah, we 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 came across them while camping, and it was like they were like, "Hi, we're Jewish," and I was like, "That's interesting." Did they really say "Hi, we're Jewish"? Yeah, they said it exactly like that. Um, <laughs> and I won't try to do that. Um, yeah, no, I I think you should. Maybe that's it. Maybe you should like kind of get your merit badges because then you could learn some like sailor knots. Knots, not they should not be underappreciated. A knot comes in handy a lot more often than you think. 
like sailor knots do? Yeah, like we we can't we can't go further into this. This is going to be the most boring cold open in the world if we go deep down knot culture. But I would just say I encourage you to learn how to do this the right way. I I certainly encourage you to learn at least the basic knot for tying your shoes. And I encourage you maybe to get like a, a little pocketbook of knots so that, you know if you were ever like I don't know you needed to Maybe you needed to pull down a tree with like your car, and you needed to tie some rope around it. I would do bunny it. ears, really big. Yeah, bunny that ears. would not work. <laughs> is I think the answer that would not work. Well, I can't believe this. You credit to you. We've been friends for a very long time, and you continue to surprise me. What can I say? I'm an enigma. <laughs> Edward E. Enigma. <laughs> I didn't even throw it to the break. Should I do that? Please do that. Here, let's throw to the break. Okay, we'll see you on the other side. Bye. Okay, we're back from Not Talk, from Not's Landing, and we're going to talk about Battlebit Remastered, a video game that snuck up on both of us, but maybe shouldn't have, because this game's been in development for a very long time. Seven years, something like that? Six or seven years? Six or seven years, for, I would say, two reasons. One, the scope of the game. This game wants to be, like Battlefield, uh, 254-player matches, 127 players per team. It's a weird number. It's a weird number. <laughs> the game, the weirdest number, the game was made by three people. Yeah. That's deranged. <laughs> yeah. for, for all of the things that we're about to say. So, yeah, so the game... From what I understand, started about six or seven years ago. Um, uh, originally called Battlebit, it the remastered came. I think after a year or so of development, and they're like, "Yeah, they oh. wanted to, basically a new build came out, and they wanted a new name for it, so they Try, just called yeah. it remastered." Yes, um, they had a Patreon that was uh, kind of keeping the early funding alive, uh, and also I think most importantly was giving it a player base to actually you know try this game because if you're going to make a game for 254 players. Man, the QA problem alone there is a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. And we should also mention, I'm going to jump ahead just to now and say, like, this game is blowing the fuck up on Steam. It is the best-selling Steam game. And if you were to look at it, a screenshot of it, you would think it's like someone's playing a practical joke. Like, Gabe is in his ivory tower laughing at you because... Do you you think that's true, though? Because, like, so, long story short, it looks like Roblox. Like, you are big, blocky. Yeah, it um, looks far worse than, I would say, even Minecraft. Because Minecraft at least has, like, an aesthetic to it. Yeah, but but I don't know. It feels like crappy-looking video games is kind of par for the course right now, as long as you get to do something fun. Yes, Um, 100%. and, And that's what this game offers, you know, by the boatload. It, it It is shocking how close this comes to recreating not a one-for-one facsimile of Battlefield, but a, enough to, like, to make the magic trick work. It's pretty fucking close to Battlefield. There's not a lot in this game that isn't, like, directly reminiscent of Battlefield. Y- yes, when I say not one-for-one, I mean it is not nearly as polished, which I know people are going to disagree with because Battlefield... It has launched broken in many, many ways. And this has a bunch of other features. But I, I think a thing that, I, that comes to mind immediately is balance. 
So let, let's start on like the, the very positive, because I think there's way more positive things to say about this game than sure. negative, obviously. Um, in terms of what it does that Battlefield also does, tons of weapon customization in this game. Tons of it. And uh, an improvement, clear weapon stats built into the game. So you're not like searching around the internet to figure out which weapon is better than the other. Like what that bar even means yes, for it, rate of fire, whatever. It it's is. very clear and easy to read. It also has the kind of like battlefield standbys, you know, vehicle combat. There are tanks and helicopters. There's a, the ability to repel from aircrafts. Yeah. You have multiple classes like assault or medic or there's like a sniper class. I and each of the classes has its own progression system. So you're unlocking gun attachments and various other things as you play these different classes. Yes. And then there's the like the the essential battlefield thing, which is just tons of destruction. Yep. So you have these massive maps like you could have a whole village and pretty much everything in the map is destructible. Um, except for, I think, like, the ground. There's no terraforming, right. as far as I could tell. But you, yeah, if there's a wall, you know, if you're in, uh, attacking a base and there's a wall on your way, you could blow that wall up. Yes. Or, like, one of the guys has a sledgehammer. You could, like, knock the wall down. It also borrows from other mill sims. So there's there's stuff like building cover that is yeah. into this game. And there's or, probably or a lot even, of stuff like, that... oh, yeah. nitty-gritty stuff, like, um, if you need to reload... You have two options for reloading. You can reload normally, and then you just like refill your bullets as normal, or you can do a fast reload, but you basically sacrifice all of the bullets that were in your magazine the time you made that change. So like that's yeah. like a pretty in-depth, nitty-gritty thing that like I don't think Battlefield supports that level of uh, specificity in terms of how you want to reload. Yeah. And I, I think like part of the success is that it offers all these things. It offers the scale, the ability to play with friends, the battle, the general battlefield experience for fifteen dollars. Yeah. And the reality is, a lot of people, it's just a, easier to create a, a player base when your game's fifteen bucks. Yeah. And because it looks very simple, presumably runs on way more. PCs than uh, a current Battlefield game does. Well, unquestionably, that was actually one of the main design tenets that they were trying to pull off was uh, we want a multiplayer game like Battlefield, but it could run on a computer from five years ago, which yeah. Battlefield absolutely can't. So that alone, like in addition to the prices you mentioned, yeah, massively increases the potential audience that you're trying to reach. And then obviously you're making like a really, like it has to be fun as hell. And it really is like it, is and immediately like you know plant and i played together and it was immediately easy to get into a game immediately easy to understand like what we had to do what our options were marking things and and attacking targets and stuff like that like i was able to like piece it all together without too much hand holding and have like a really good multiplayer experience with something yeah. which is really tough especially with such a tiny team yeah, well, and I mean, on that note of being able to just hop right in, I think that's the power of the visuals, right? Like, the visuals, not only do they make it easier to run the game, and do they lower development costs because you're not spending, you know, gobs of money trying to recreate, you know, realistic human beings, but they also just make the game really readable. Yeah. Um, because it's so simple, you know, a building is effectively the outline of a building. It's a silhouette, right? When you are wanting to even shoot do like headshots in this game. It's just a big square block. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, 
everything is just so legible. And while I I love realistic looking video games too, the more realism you add, the harder it is to parse. I think it is telling that you know when um, PUBG originally came out, the way to win that game was to turn your graphic settings all the way down, right? Um, because it just made it easier to like scan the horizon and look for enemies. Yeah, you didn't have to worry about like people hiding in bushes and things. Yeah, that, and that's that's basically what is going on in this game. I think it's, I think the visuals actually help the experience of playing the game. Um, how about you? I mean, what what do you what do you think about the like aesthetic? I think it's, I think it's ugly. <laughs> I think it's like really pretty ugly I, in the way that like I think Roblox is pretty ugly to look at, and yet the fact that like I was able to have fun immediately and the lack of visuals kind of like just faded away for me. Like I've played yeah. a lot of battlefield games and there's so much cruft and like excess and, you know, they're throwing like, here's this amazing skin pack you could buy for blah, 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 so on and so forth. There's so much monetization efforts to get money from you after the fact, after you've purchased it. And this is just so clean throughout, whether it's the visuals or just the like monetization offerings that it just, it, it's like pleasant to play because you don't feel like you're being assaulted from every angle. Um, yeah, I actually, and, and not to mention the fact that like by making the visuals super simple, it allows them to iterate way faster than anyone could ever do in a Battlefield game where it might take a team of 30 artists, you know, a bunch of months to make a new map. Here, you have this team of three people and they could make a new map and test it very, very quickly because really they're just dropping down cubes to make up the buildings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think of um, especially the, like the large scale objects in the game. So there are towers or um, wind farm, like wind turbines. Yeah. Um, and you can knock those down. You know, people can climb up on them and you can knock them down into these huge, huge objects. And I think about something like that built into a Battlefield game or a AAA game and how much effort it would take to add that to the game. To yeah. really get it to look great and that when you know it collapses that once it's at eye level, the top of the the tower is just as you know beautiful and realistic as what you could see at street level. We're here it's like I, I don't know a couple hundred polygons <laughs> like yeah it seems so plain in how it's sculpted and yeah, when you watch development videos for this game it it really does I want to say it looks easy. there's nothing easy about making this. But at the same time, three people made it. Like, yeah. it, it, it is unquestionably simpler. Um, and, and it, yeah, it, it allows for that. I also wonder, like, are there visual glitches or bugs that I just don't even notice when the game looks this simple? Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. You know what it reminds me of is when you're watching a foreign film and you're like, man, that person acted really well. And then you speak to, like, a native speaker of the language and they're like... No, that was terrible acting because they're not picking up on the nuance. And this has a similar nature to it where it's like, I don't know for sure because there's like an air of mystery attached to how simple it is. <laughs> and what's intentional? What's intentional versus not. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say, but it kind of doesn't matter, right? Like yeah. whatever, whatever you the end result is, like if you feel like it's moving smoothly, uh, it kind of doesn't matter. 
Yeah, and when because it looks like a cartoon, you can navigate the world in any way, and there's no assumption of believability. Yeah. So, like, it, it is much more like um, a paintball version of the reality. Like, you'll see people just jumping on the roofs of buildings, um, you know, from, like, the ground floor onto, like, roof and kind of scaling the wall in a very funky way that if you saw that in Battlefield, it would just look bizarre. Yeah. Um, I, but here I, it's, like, these are just... Buildings are just sculptures for you to like shoot from. <laughs> yeah, not, like, I do want to mention, uh, even though we have been, or at least I've been knocking the visuals, uh, part, mostly it's just the character models, which I find like really unappealing because they are like little block men. Um, but the like gun models, they've clearly spent a lot of time making sure like these look very recognizable and the audio sounds great and the gun feel sounds like feels really accurate i guess it feels like powerful and meaningful um so it's not even like a fully a presentational issue i think there's just like it doesn't necessarily appeal to me like but like the environments i'm i'm cool with the environments being blocky because really all it does is just boil it down to the like oh, I have this corner covered, or oh, I know where yeah. the guy is I need to revive and drag around a corner. Well, and even Counter-Strike, while it's getting, you know, it's upgraded, quote, sequel, it's still offering that simplified original version, right? Because it is just more readable. Like, it's telling that the most competitive games still understand the value of this kind of simplicity. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, you look, even look at a game like Valorant, which intentionally designed around the idea of simplicity, not only so that it could run on every machine, but also, again, for the readability of it. You know exactly when you turn a corner, oh, that guy has a sniper versus a whatever machine gun. Yeah. What Were, were there any kind of, like, issues for you that, that did stand out that weren't just I can kind of live with this because it's a $15 game. And- I mean, the heart, I guess for me, this isn't a design issue necessarily. It's just something I need to come to terms with. Like you and I were getting smoked, yeah. like smoked, smoked, like getting crushed at every turn. And it is consistent, I would say, to the experience that I've had playing Battlefield in recent years, just because people get so good at those games and in those games, they're also designed with like a very fast time to kill. Like when you get shot, it might take only two or three bullets before you're dead. So uh, it gives you very r- little room to like adjust and react to getting shot. So again, not really a critique, more of a buyer beware situation where it's like, if you, I guess if you are, don't feel like you have that like Twitch ability, um, it might be a little frustrating, at least to start out with. Yeah, I I also just kind of worry about the long term, like how, how you advance in this game. And I realize that's a silly thing for me because there's I just won't. You know, I'm 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 not good enough. Yeah. But I watch quite a bit of this game on streams and on like YouTube videos and stuff. And it it seems like a bit of a grind to get to the really high levels of this game and i completely get why that is there um that you know how else are they going to incentivize you to keep playing are they locking Um, away like big important things on the high levels it looks like additional like weapon adjustments and things like that for it's stuff that like the hardcore player will want so maybe they'll put those hours into it but in general and this goes same with the uh the question of us getting just destroyed balance is like an entire department 
at a video game studio sure. for something like this. And I do wonder what this team will have to do as the game continues to be popular. Um, like, how, how do they prioritize those things? You know, if you have hardcore players telling them that they want all these features that serve hardcore players, or if they want, you know, new maps, or do they want creating better balanced servers? Um, you're going to have to, like, pick things. And some yeah. things are going to suffer and some things aren't. And that, I think, that's where I the EA comparison kind of breaks down for me because there is part of this in which they benefit from just being a small studio, which is sure. fine. But, like, if, if EA had released this exact same game, do you think... What do you think the reaction would have been? Uh, from, like, the player base? Like, do you think people yeah, would hate like, it if EA released this exact yes, game? Yes, if, 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 if EA had released Battlebit, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying this to, like, undercut any of the work done on Battlebit. I think it's sure. a great game. I'm actually just more saying this with, like, where the community is at around <laughs> Battlefield and EA games. But oh, if, you think people would have hated it just out of... Spike. If they would have seen it and been like, I can't believe EA is releasing something that looks like this. I, you know what? I think, I think you're right. There is a percentage of people that will just immediately judge something on, on site. Um, but I think people, you know, it's, I think it would have gotten a lot of praise because a lot of people feel like Battlefield has gotten to be this bloated kind of like, lumbering yeah. mess over the years and if ea like really did a back to basics like here's this game sure it doesn't look great but it runs amazingly and it can do you know 128 versus 128 whatever it is and um we won't ask you for more money after you buy it like there's all this content you get and it's just 15 dollars. i think people would have been over the moon because that's what the community has really been dying for is yeah. like a really stripped down thing that runs great and, and looks whatever. It doesn't matter what it looks like. So long as it has that classic battlefield experience. Yeah, that's true. I so, maybe, maybe that will be a, an encouragement for publishers like that of like invest in small projects, small adaptations of your own game where you can be creative. I, this is not quite the right comparison, but it, I, it reminds me of um, the NCAA games with Madden. Okay. You remember that? Where, like, NCAA existed as a place for EA Sports to experiment with ideas yeah, sure. before they went into Madden. And I wonder if there could be more opportunities like that in these big series to, like, oh, try out a few ideas, lower stakes. And who knows? Maybe they end up becoming hits. I mean, they did Battlefield Heroes, I think it was. Yeah. They've done other games. They have. I hated Battlefield Heroes. I honestly thought that's what that was. This was going to be was like a Battlefield Heroes thing, and I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't because I I really, um, I think this is closer to like a Stardew Valley situation, quite honestly, where you had a established franchise that had a following, but people were kind of dissatisfied with where the franchise had gone, and an indie comes in and it's like, nah, I can do this. I know what people like about this genre and I'm going to do it better than anyone else has done it. And yeah. they did. Yeah. Yeah. Crushed yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, and the only difference being that Stardew Valley, people expect it to look like that. 
um, <laughs> we're here. <laughs> a yeah, that's fun. true. But but, but yes, this I is the lesson. I think you're going to see more and more of these. Like I think it, it it was already proved out on the like 2D sprite art side where people understood it. Yeah, you could do that, and like it'll still sell if it looks has 2D art. On the 3D side, less so. There haven't been outside of Roblox and Minecraft. Like it's not often that you have a game that looks this rough that does so well. And I think this is the representation of like a lot of other studios will probably do the same thing. This is screaming for like a, I think there will definitely be like a COD version of this, um, which is like less tactical and more like run and gun. Yeah. Uh, or or this game will just like evolve a mode that like feels more like COD and less like Battlefield. Like, I think you're going to see more and more of these as people understand the possibilities. I yeah. just hope that it doesn't, go the way of like PUBG where you have this enormous success and then a studio buys them out and then they just can't really maintain the like quality yeah. for a number of reasons because the engine can't handle the scale or whatever it is. I just hope that they uh, hold on to as hold on to it as much as possible because obviously they know what makes this game tick. I mean, that's the the benefit of the Stardew Valley model, right? Yeah. That it, you have this person who is that rare mix of talented and good business person. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, they they do feel like they could be the real thing, you know? The fact that they're already here, the fact that the game is this successful suggests they, they certainly know what they're doing in a and, way. And there's, no, have. and there's no real competitor, honestly, yeah. right now. Like you could point to Battlefield games or COD games, but it's not, that's not their competitor. Um, because those games obviously, again, require rigs and are, you know, kind of syncing and monetization schemes. And this is like a clean multiplayer experience. I guess Rob like some mode in Roblox that's super popular or with Minecraft that's super popular might be the closest competitor to this. But broadly speaking, there just isn't a lot that's in this realm. Do you, do you think it'll impact Battlefield like in the long run? Um yeah, I think it's too early to say. I, I don't think it'll impact their design tenants because EA is a publicly traded company and there's no way they will release a Battlefield game that isn't monetized out the ass. Um, but whether it whether EA starts to really honestly feel that their audience has been dramatically pulled away by this game, I think it's too early to say. Yeah, I, I, I do imagine that both at EA and Activision... People are. Uh, I'm sure saying, they're watching it. Yeah, and and like, hey, should we get a uh, you know, Ted and Julia working on something like this? <laughs> like, I, I I have to imagine there is like some what is it, Skunk Works? What do they call that team that's just going to go pick at something like this? Maybe this is good. I I like this game a lot conceptually. I wish I was good at it. I really hope that they find a way to offer more balanced servers uh, or matchmaking so that I can play more of it. Um, because it's, yeah, it, it feels great. I just, I just am not good enough. Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't think it's your genre and that's fine. Well, I don't I, think it's mine either. I got really deep into Battlefield 1. Um, like I Did played you? quite a bit of that game, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I'm not incompetent at these games. Um, 
It's should just hard. Check, should we check your KD in that game? We should check. Yeah, we, let's go back and check the KD to, to see if that's true. Um, no, no, you understand. I, I, it was a really slow start, but once I got good, I got good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. How about we take a quick break, and then we can talk about games that we think people should play on their Switch after they are done with Zelda? Sounds good. Okay, we are back. Welcome back, everybody. So you have probably been playing a lot of Zelda if you listen to this show. Or oh, I thought you were talking about me. I know that you've been playing a lot about Zelda. I feel like every other day you're tweeting about how great it is that you cleared out the deaths and how you're like a superhero. And I am. You need that praise. You did, you did it good, and you need a little pat on the back, and I'm happy yeah. to give it to you. Um. I don't think other people have cleared out the deaths, but I think there are probably some people who are listening to the show who want to know about other games they can play on the Switch, whether that's because they're tired of Zelda or they're tired of us talking about it. So I thought each of us could share like a couple games that we think everybody should check out. And I'll just get the cliche out of the way. I know what you're going to say. You think I'm going to say Nier Automata or 13 Sentinels? And I'm not going to say Nier. But I am going to say 13 Sentinels because it's just a good summer chill out game. You know how people like beach reads? 13 Sentinels is like a beach read of a video game. Just a mishmash of all of your favorite sci-fi stories and tropes into one uh, really weird, beautiful, silly adventure. And I think that you will like it. If you like... First Encounters or E.T. or Terminator or Aliens or anything James Cameron's ever touched, I think you will find something to enjoy in this game. And if you like uh, Japanese sci-fi and anime, damn, then you're like, how have you not played it already? Hmm. Um, how about you? What, what do you have on your list? Um, I have another Zelda game, and I feel like it didn't get a ton of attention when it came out, but it's really, really good. And it's the only Zelda game I think ever made by an indie studio, and it's called uh, Cadence of Hyrule, and it's made by the people who made Crypt of the Necrodancer. I think we must have talked about it on a Besties many years ago, but it is a rhythm-based Zelda roguelike, which is fucking buck wild that Nintendo let them do this. I am like, I was like really excited for them to be doing more of these, but uh, it's been really the only one where Nintendo handed the keys to one of their major franchises over to an indie, and they made a really, really awesome, uh, like throwback Zelda game that can also be played to like the beat of classic Zelda tracks. Fucking rules. Yeah, that game is great. And even if you can't play like the hardcore mode, it, it, there's what's the accessible mode called? Well, you, all it does is, so you can play it. Yeah, where you're playing it and the like music. You need to move to the beat of the music. But it, you can also do it so that you're really just moving like in a classic roguelike format where every move you make, the enemies will also make a move. Mm. So that also is very playable if you don't want to like listen to the music and, and try to sync it up that way. Um, I, have, I have another summertime game. This is Shin-Chan. Okay. Do you know about this? Shin-Chan, no, me and the professor it. on summer vacation, the endless seven-day journey. Never heard of it. No, never heard of this. No. So, do you know about Boku? Is it Boku no Natsu Yasumi? I think that's how the the one. Boku no Natsu Yasumi is uh, basically translates to like my summer break or my summer vacation. Okay. And it is this very popular um, series in Japan. 
that never has come out to to like English language versions. And they would come out on the original PlayStation, I think, PlayStation 2, PlayStation Portable, and they were just summer hangout games. You literally just went out into the Japanese countryside, you caught bugs, you saw your family, you you know, saw the water in the sky, you just just kind of chilled out. Well, we finally got an English version of it, but it is the version inspired by Shinchan, which do you know Shinchan? Nope. <laughs> have you I'm sure you have seen Shinchan. He's like this cute little guy who's a little bit of a rascal and is always yeah, showing up. Yeah, that kind of rings a bell. I'm seeing him. He kind he looks like he's well, in one of these pictures he's dressed like Luffy. He's a real stinker. You yeah. know, he's a real little stinker. Oh, there's a nude picture of him. Thanks, Google. <laughs> oh, no. But this is not going to be as relaxing because, again, Chin Chan is a little stinker. Yeah. But if you've wanted to play this series ever, I, I think Tim Rogers, I know Tim Rogers made like a gajillion hour video about this series. This is kind of your best option for doing it outside of, um, you know, buying the Japanese version and then, you know, ripping the ROM and using a fan English translation that may or may not even exist yet. Um, this is kind of your best bet. So yeah. I recommend it as something to check out. You know, one more from you? One more from me. I'm going to give you two more. Okay. Uh, there are basically very few games, we've talked about this, that are like Breath of the Wild and or Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, we've talked about Chia, which is only on, uh, it's not on Switch, unfortunately. But um, a game that is on Switch that is like Breath of the Wild is Immortals Phoenix Rising. It's a Ubisoft game. It's not as good as Breath of the Wild, but it's pretty good. And it almost follows the exact same format as Breath of the Wild insofar as it has like a ton of puzzle-driven shrines. Like the combat's kind of secondary to the actual like puzzle-solving nature of it. And it runs, considering it's like a big open world game, it runs pretty well on Switch. It doesn't run great, but it runs well enough. And I played a ton of it on Switch and, and really enjoyed it. And it's been out for a few years and it's a Ubisoft game. So chances are, if it's not on sale right now, it's going to be on sale in like a week. So keep an eye out uh, if you're looking for like another giant open world puzzle game. And you got one more? And one more is Tunic. I've talked to death about Tunic, but it is on Switch now. And uh, totally captures the like throwback early Zelda era um, in a really creative and awesome way. And if you, like me, enjoy playing Zelda games without looking things up, Tunic is precisely the same experience uh, and is actually specifically designed with the idea that people aren't looking stuff up because you are constantly getting like a bigger guide as time goes by. Nice. Uh, the only other one I'd throw on there too that we've talked to. Uh, I think we did a whole episode on is Tiny Kin. Yeah. Um, which is like platformer meets Pikmin, kind of. Yeah, it's it's Pikmin, but you know, with better controls. Yeah, when in a bigger world, I feel like. Is or is is Pikmin like as big an open world as that is? Uh well Pikmin's just for the format of Pikmin is different. So Pikmin usually yeah. is like on the same like on the same plane, whereas Tiny Kin is like very vertical and there's like rail yeah. grinding and, and stuff like that. And it's less like having to manage tons of like little groups, like doing off doing their own thing and more just like exploring a world and collecting things and gorgeous, like looks pretty and so much fun. Love that game. 
Nice. They've also, for what it's worth, updated it a number of times with like new content and features since launch. I haven't played it since oh, yeah. launch. No, I need but to go back to it. I keep seeing updates on Steam, and, and that's very cool. Uh, I think that, I think that's kind of it. I feel like that's a good set to send people off with. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that's that is a good uh, good roundup. Uh, we have some honorable mentions, and the big one I have for you is Mars First Logistics. You mentioned this on Besties. And I want to hear like a fair bit more about this game because I feel like it is in my zone. Yeah, I don't know if it's in your zone. Yeah, I don't know how many get time, how often you play these games, but essentially, Mars First Logistics is there's no real plot. You just start on Mars. You're on Mars, and you are given a task. In the, in this case, the first task you're given is move a watering can from one spot of Mars to the other spot of Mars, and you're given this like little rover. And with that rover, you can add attachments. So like for the watering can, you add like a little arm and you kind of just like drive the rover into the watering can at a certain angle and the arm grabs the uh, little handle of the watering can and then you take it. Very simple. As you complete more missions, you earn more currency. And uh, with that currency, you can upgrade and and add new parts to your vehicle, which is important because eventually they're going to start asking you to move bigger things like a satellite dish or like a box full of apples that you can't spill or, you know, various other objects that are on Mars. Um, It's super fucking cool and satisfying. I've been playing it on Steam Deck. It runs great uh, and has like a really great, unique art style to it. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. Do you play like vehicle building games at all? No, but it's not like there's like a ton of these. There aren't. Uh, I don't. But broadly speaking, I find them intimidating. But I think yeah. after Tears of the Kingdom, which obviously had a little bit of that, a lot of it, quite honestly, um, it kind of opened my mind a little bit to it. And also, I think what this game does really well is it constantly gives you an objective to complete. Whereas like a lot of these games, I feel like it's just like, hey, make a cool vehicle and like drive around. And that, like, the broadness of that I find so overwhelming that it's really hard to, like, focus in. And uh, by having, like, a very specific task, like, oh, you have to carry this chair. So I'm in my whole headspace is like, okay, what would be the best vehicle for carrying a chair? And you can, you know, change things on the fly if you feel like the chair keeps, like, slipping out of your grip. You can uh, mix it up and, like, add, like, another grabber or whatever you need to carry that chair. But uh, it's just like a really fun, um, satisfying little puzzle game. It also has online multiplayer, which I have not tested, but hmm. would be super fun, I think, to play with someone else. Yeah, we should try that. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. Um, in terms of my stuff, I mean, I, I'm just still working my way through Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. Haven't given up on it. So, I mean, hey. That's... Friend of the show, Jason Schreier, told me to give up on it. No, I mean, friend of the show, Jason Trier, has very, very particular views about role-playing games, you know? He's he's a Final Fantasy nut. He loves Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we love Jason. His <laughs> opinions are not... Well, actually, his opinions were right about um, uh, trying... The, 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 the big... Triangle Strategy, that game. Tri- triangle Strategy 2? Yeah. Yes, that can't. I always feel like that can't be the real title because I was like, they'll change it. Um, that can't. That's not right. It's not Triangle Strategy. It's Octopath Traveler Two. 
Why no, Triangle you... Strategy is something else. Yes, I know, but tra Octopath Traveler 2 is the game that I'm talking about. That oh, is, oh, oh, Is great, and that he, I think he called the um, the Elden Ring of RPGs. Oh, my God. Um, which I, maybe hyperbole, maybe. Yeah. Um, but is great. But anyway, Final Fantasy 16, it's, yeah, it's just a delight. It feels extremely targeted for me. Um, in that it is uh, seems to be shorter than a lot of uh, other role playing games, and it, it's just a ton of action. And the story is not that bad. It's not great, but I can follow it. And I like that is the bar for me a lot of times with with um the Final Fantasy series. I regret to say. Um, so I am enjoying it. To be clear, when I recommended 13 Sentinels, the bar there was not, I can understand it. Uh, I actually do think it, it's genuinely good writing for the most part. Um, but no, I, I'm, I'm having a good time in the same way that like, um, do you remember when Stars was trying to make HBO shows? No. Like the channel Stars, where they'd be like- Well, they make Outlander, don't they? Yeah. And then they, and they made like Spartacus- Sure. They were like, hey, we're going to do that, but we're just action. Or like AMC kind of did this, I think, a little bit too. It feels to me like that, where we're not making prestige TV here. We're making like action prestige TV. Yeah. Um. So just say. It's here. a lot of watching. That's the biggest it's thing a, for me. It's, it's, it's a, too, it, it needs to be less watching yes. and more playing. Also, we have to find a way. You don't have a Netflix account, so we're going to have to solve for this. But I have to find a way to get you to play uh, Leia's Horizon which I'm just going to mention again here because it is killer. And by the time you listen to this episode, there will be an ep uh, a review on Polygon.com. Just a little short little review that I wrote on it. Um, spoilers. It gets Polygon's Recommends badge because it is fantastic. I want to mention one more thing. Uh, Razor, this is not an ad, but Razor reached out to see if we were interested in trying. Uh, they basically jumped into the IEM market, which stands for in-ear monitors. And obviously, Plant and I podcast quite a bit. Um, and I'm always looking for, you know, good uh, audio devices that are comfortable that don't leak. And it's extremely hard for me to do that. My ears are very temperamental, especially about stuff that goes in my ears. And I've been using these for like a week or so now. And I'm incredibly impressed that they are actually like comfortable and actually provide a good audio seal. So I wanted to call just a little bit of props their way. I, I like their hardware, broadly speaking. I use a mouse from them and a laptop. And I think they make good stuff. And it's cool to see them kind of diving into a new um, marketplace. Yeah, they immediately replaced my old... <laughs> What were you using my, my, previously? I, I mean, I they, dare they, to ask. they were not good. They were like skull bones or whatever. Oh, <laughs> God. I, well, I normally use um, uh, my wireless headphones for like work and stuff. Yeah. But when we're recording the podcast, I always want to be, you know. Yeah, it should be wired. In. Um, so, no, there's been a marked improvement. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, I think that's it. I think we did another episode of the show. Um Thank you all for listening. Uh, a reminder of what we talked about today. We talked about BattleBit Remastered. And then we talked about a bunch of Switch games. 13 Sentinels, Shin-Chan, Me and the Professor on Summer Vacation, The Endless Seven-Day Journey, Tinykin, Cadence of Hyrule, Immortals, Phoenix Rising, Tunic, Final Fantasy 16, Leia's Horizon, 
Mars First Logistics, and you talked about the Razor, the Razor Moray IEMs. Is that how they're pronounced? Like Moray, like a Moray eel. Oh, like a Moray eel, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I dig it. Um, and that's it. We did it. Do we? Do we know what we're doing next time? Nope. Yeah, that sounds right. It's kind of a weird summer. It feels like big games come out all the time, and then there's just a dry period. And then it's maybe... not, I, quite honestly, I've looked at the release date. It's not dry. That's why I say no because there are a lot of things. Oh yeah, out. any yeah, anything yeah, yeah. anything that you're excited for? I mean, I'm excited about Pikmin. I'm excited about the oh, Hammer Watch sequel. I'm excited about a lot of stuff. Uh, there's that viewfinder game that looks very cool. I, I really Damn. don't want to lock ourselves lock ourselves into what we're doing next oh, week. Oh, Exo Primal. Which Exo Primal looks I, very silly. I'm I'm so excited for that game. Um, cool. That sounds good. Well, whatever it is, we will see you next time with a bunch of cool stuff to talk about. And that's it for us. This has been another episode of The Resties, where the rest of the best discuss the best of the rest. Resties. Resties. I forgot. You got it.